Jones and welcome to a special edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast, the late night, the after dark edition. You can maybe hear that clock ticking in the background. That's just told us the transfer window has shut for January. It's slammed shut, of course, and the four kings are here to talk all about it with this late night special edition. I'm your host, Mark Heath. I'm trying to do my best late night DJ voice. I'm joined by three other kings, of course, Andy Hutch Warren, Stuart the Doctor Watson and Ross the Prospect Halls. And I'm going to start first of all with you and um, Stewie Hutchie. It's been another busy day. We're not really used to this at Ipswich Town. Traditionally, nothing really happens at Ipswich Town on deadline day. Um, but it's been another busy one. Do you want to just bring us up to speed with uh, what's actually happened today and we can get into talking about it? Are you going to do this voice the whole way through? I'm not, deliber- to- I'm not. I'm not deliberately doing a voice. I'm in. A, I'm in a situation where, um, as I think we all are, actually, we might as well set these ground rules out. Um, I've been told to keep the noise down. I'm in. I'm in the office, the wife's office. Um, I'm not normally in here. Um, obviously, the wife's in bed. Dogs asleep. I'm. I'm trying not to make too much noise. <laughs> I appear to be doing some kind of odd voice. Anyway, um, I'll try and stop that. Hutchie, tell us what's happened today. Okay, it's been a day of outgoings, which uh, which is what we were expecting. So Scott Fraser's the headline. He's joined Charlton for a fee of around five hundred grand. Hayden Coulson's loan from Middlesbrough has been terminated. He's gone to Peterborough. John Nolan's contract has been terminated, and he's uh, he's walking the streets as a free agent. Uh, <laughs> Raheem Harper has gone out on loan. He's gone to Crew. Three more loans for young players with Bailey Clements, Ben Morris, and Matt Healy going to Stevenage GX. G-A-I-S in Gothenburg, Sweden, and Cork City, respectively. And there has been one signing, Nick Hayes, a former academy goalkeeper who's been away, done a few turns elsewhere, and is back. Uh, so, yeah, the 22-year-old goalkeeper has signed. That's as exciting as it got for incomings, but um, a fair few outgoings. Excellent. Thank you, Hutchie. That's a superb pricey. Stuart, you've covered town for uh, more than a decade now. As I say, back in the day... Nothing ever happened on deadline day. Certainly making up for it now. The main talking point would be Scott Fraser departing. Um, really split opinion, that one. So let's start there. Scott Fraser leaving town, signing for Charlton, 500k. What do we make of this one? Good or bad? Time will tell, I guess, in terms of what Scott Fraser goes on to do. Um, I can see both sides of the argument on on this one. It just never got off the ground for Scott Fraser, did it? I think if, when you sign 19 different players in one window, the probability is that some aren't going to come off. Fraser and Rakeem Harper, who I'm sure will come on to fall within that bracket so far. Um, there is a sense of kind of what if, because he clearly is a very good football player at this level. He's proven that over a period of time at both Burton and MK Dons. And we never really got to to see the best of him, really. Um, Paul Cook didn't play him in his best position. He's, number 10 is his favoured role. We've seen him play mainly wide left, a little bit of wide right. He played in a deeper midfield role at, at, at one stage as well. Um, but it was difficult to see where he was going to fit in. Part of, part of me feels that he would have been quite suited to Kieran McKenna's sort of one-two touch style of football that we've seen so far, but um, Selena, Chaplin, Aluko, 
all kind of ahead of him in, in the pecking order for those attacking midfield positions. So Ipswich have, have got their money back. I think have even turned a, a small profit on it. So sometimes you just have to uh, wipe your nose and move on from some of these, except that, uh, you know, wrong timing all round and um, might just give Kieran McKenna a bit of um, wriggle room when the summer comes around financially. Mm. On that note, Hutchie, we understand they've, they've actually made a bit of money on, on Fraser, don't we? Yeah, not not a huge amount, um, but but yeah, they've certain they've certainly at least kind of retained retained his value. P- purely speculating from my part, but I I feel sure that there would have been a structured deal in place with MK Dons in the summer, given that he's only been here six months and only played twenty games. He's not going to have hit any of those markers to hmm. to like to put the the clauses in and, and pay pay sort of top ups and or anything like that. So. Um, obviously that that wouldn't have happened, but yeah, they managed to get a good a good fee out of Charlton, who have uh, become Scott Fraser's fourth League One club in not an awful lot over eighteen months. Um, two years kind of spans from from Burton to MK to Ipswich to Charlton is um, a bit of a, a League One yo yo for him. I, I think I'm okay with it. I, I, I can I can see why they've done the deal. Um, he's not been playing. He's not. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. We don't know where he's at in in McKenna's kind of pecking order. He's been injured under McKenna, but he's never found his role. We've seen flashes of him being a good player, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't go as far as saying that we've seen him dominate games. So, so for a player that is on the fringe of things, the, the, the time is now to move him on. Because if you don't move him on now, you're going to lose that. You're going to mm. lose that value. Um, so now, was if you're going to do it. You may as well do it. We'll talk about John Nolan in a bit, but he's maybe a bit of an example of of why you do that. Because ultimately, if you look at sort of players like him, um, Caden Jackson, players that you you have money on the table for, don't take it. All of a sudden, you get yourself in a situation where they lose their value, contracts run down, and um, you end up losing them for free. So I, I think to I think to get it done sooner rather than later. Obviously, there's a long way off for Fraser, but just if you don't think he's going to fit, don't drag the process out. Get it mm. done. Everybody's happy. And also, I think if again a bit of speculation on Albert behalf here, but Scott Fraser didn't look particularly happy to me in the latter stages. I think people have commented that he looks happier at his Charlton signing pictures than he ever did during his time at Ipswich. And if a player has intimated that they would wouldn't mind a, a fresh challenge and this just isn't working out for me football wise location wise whatever it is then I don't think it's ever wise to to keep a player that's not not sort of their heart's not in it so if that was the case with, with Scott Fraser then then that also makes makes sense as well but so uh, you, you know Andy makes a good point sometimes just if you can get get your money back at this juncture mm. and is it worth sort of let you know oh, we'll, we'll see we'll see he might come good and then six months a year goes by and it's still not happening. You kind of think actually at the time to do it was was then. So yeah, same as Andy really. I think ultimately giving it a bit of thought, I'm I'm probably happy with it as well or comfortable we can all, with it. We can all sit here and we can see a scenario, can't we, where Scott Fraser goes to Charlton and, and is a success because we've seen enough from him to know that he's a, he's a good football player. He's been a success at Burton. He's been a success at MK Dons. There's every chance he'll go to Charlton to and be a success but we've we've seen from loads of players in the past but that doesn't mean that he would have been a success here if he'd hung around for another six months not getting in the team 
So, so for me, for me, for me as well, I, I think it's good for everyone that they've done it. And I think you just have to accept that he may well do some good things at Charlton, but it could also be a good thing, good thing for Ipswich. Obviously, there'll be a sense of what might have been because we know he's a talented football player. He's got a lot of skill, but um, mm. if it's not happening, get off the pot and move on. Roscoe, we had a chat earlier today um, about this very subject. I, I got some some fan reaction for a piece online. Um, and, and certainly looking at that, although obviously it's a small sample size, I would say that the reaction has been tipping towards the bad move from town. Um, and that was your argument earlier with Fraser, wasn't it? You were um, upset to see him go. I must also say, uh, for those who are not watching the video, Ross looks like he's about to drop the sickest freestyle <laughs> of 2022. Um, he's come as Eminem with his hood up. Uh, what do you what do you make of Fraser? I'm gonna. This is my. This is gonna be my title track on my new album, "Bite Us in the Butt," um, because <laughs> I think that is what's gonna happen with Scott Fraser. Um, Charlton last game of the season. Could that be a decider for us to get in the playoffs? Probably not. Um, after the Sheffield Wednesday result, but uh, yeah, a little bit disappointed. But I agree with the lads. Maybe we just got to accept that it's probably the right time for him to move instead of him just sort of just sitting around not really get into the team and mm. just got an unhappy player who just wants to play games. And yeah, it's a shame, but here we go. We made a profit on him. Move on. It's not impossible for players to turn their careers careers round at certain football clubs. I guess mm-hmm. Janoi Danassian is a prime example of that at Ipswich. There are others as well. But I think I said this recently on a podcast, it does feel sometimes that a certain pathway is set in those opening 5, 10, 15 games of a player at a new club. And when Scott Fraser didn't convert his penalty at Burton at such a crucial moment, a player who had scored virtually every penalty he'd ever taken, I think, at, at MK Dons, it just starts to feel as time goes by that, that things aren't happening. And then, then it became a thing that when is he going to get some game time at number 10 and what role does he play? So... It, it felt like it had been heading down this track for some time with, with Scott Fraser. I think he's going to be a really good fit for Charlton because that they play with three central midfielders. As much as we talk about him as a number 10, I, th- I think he could do his best work as on the left of a midfield three, a central three, where you can drift off it and attack. He is, uh, I remember watching a lot of Johnny Jackson play playing the Charlton manager. He is the spit of Johnny Jackson as a football player. Left foot, left foot, move the ball around, um, can shoot, can get into the box. I, I, I think it could be great for him, um, but I, I do, I do think that it's that's it's a good move, an okay move for town at for town at this time because I just don't see where he's getting in this team. Mm. I just, I just can't see a route into the team for him. Is it showing uh, this kind of new decisiveness as well that we seem to be getting with the, with the game changer guys? In that they've gone right, it's not worked. We can make our money back, maybe get a bit of profit. Let's let's do it. Let's pull the trigger, Stewie. Uh, yeah, possibly. Going back to, to what Andy said, sometimes decisive, decisiveness is, is the right way. Because if you... Andy used the, the, the example of Caden Jackson, where Ipswich had... Mm. Well, what were the offers for Caden Jackson? We were talking, what was the money? Two and a half million pounds. Yeah, so they could have made a, a, a profit on Caden Jackson. And to be fair, I think at the time we were all a bit bemused that they didn't take that but that was when was that last I'm trying to lose track what window Ugh. that was but um you know that that yeah. ship very quickly sailed as Andy mm. said so sometimes you just have to um 
You just have to do it. Okay. Um, Fraser, clearly the the headline departure today. Should we shoot through the rest of them? Take one each, maybe. Hutch, you want to start with you? Um, John Nolan. John Nolan, yeah. And then and then there were two. I've got the six kind of Paul Hurst permanent signings here of Ellis Harrison, Caden Jackson, Gwilan Edwards, John Nolan, Toto Nciala, Janoy Danassian, just Danassian and Jackson standing. Um, that's six million pounds worth of football player there. Um, and four of them have left for nothing, mm. essentially. Um, Jackson's got a few months left of his deal on his deal there. Um, Danassian kind of might be the last man standing of those come the come the summer. But I, I kind of got fit similar feelings to to this one to Scott Fraser. I, Stu and I were talking earlier about about the good spells that John Nolan's had. He's had some really good spells, hasn't he? We, he scored goals. He scored what he's got one in seven from mm. from central midfield for Ipswich. That's that's not that's not terrible. Ipswich have had strikers with worse with worse runs than that. Um, really tidy player, tenacious, good turning circle, neat on the ball, quite clever with it. Um, once he got a bit of confidence going, he could get into the box and and can score goals. So a real shame that injuries have ultimately done for him because we've not seen him for a year, Stu. And and like when a year's gone, a year's gone by, and you've not seen someone on the pitch, it kind of points towards uh, something needing to change for them. Hmm. Mm. Um. Right, and Stu, Rakeem Harper, another midfielder. I can't believe I'm actually t- saying this. Rakeem the Dream Harper uh, has gone on loan to Crew. Those two things do not necessarily make good bedfellows, but it's happened. Uh, what do you make of it? It has, yeah. I've seen a bit of discussion from West Brom fans on, on social media today, sort of saying for those of, you know, there, there was a genuine debate amongst West Brom fans as to whether they would regret letting Rakeem Harper go, a player who was seen as having big potential there. He'd had a, a very brief taste of Premier League football, certainly a, a decent run of, of championship football when when they got promoted. Uh, and it was seen as a real coup for Ipswich, wasn't it, back back in the summer when they got him? People were talking about, well, if we've sold Andre Dizel for a million and picked up Rakeem Harper for about half of that, half mm. a million pounds, that was seen as really good business. But Another one where it's just just not happened for him. He was the regular starter for the first six, seven, eight games. It sort of coincided with that that windless run, and has just faded further and further from the picture. Um, obviously, other players have, have arrived. I think when you get repurposed as a different type, of, a different position, quite early on, there's there's alarm bells ringing. He'd been signed as sort of this number six box to box type, number eight. And then all of a sudden it was a all of a sudden he was being used as sort of just behind the strikers and come on and help us see out games as an impact number ten. And um so yeah, I've I've of all the signings last summer, he's been the one that's probably fallen shortest of expectation and has underwhelmed the most. Um I feared where they would be able to place him uh, loan wise this window. Mm. Andy said, I think, in a tweet earlier that this is probably about the best sort of club they could have got him to, really. They've kept him in, in League One at this level. I think he would have probably had reservations um, about dropping down another level, mm. which wouldn't have wanted him to go to a, a rival club in League One. And, and Kieran McKenna has talked about him wanting to go somewhere where the manager and the style of football is the right fit. And I think David Artell and the way Crew try and play 
um, tick those boxes. So hopefully he can go there and help crew bloody the noses of a few of the promotion rivals over the next six months and he, he comes back a, a, a better, more rounded stronger player for Ipswich. We'll see. Mm. It has been noted, by the way, admin from crew, because you clearly listen to the podcast. You've used my nickname in the announcement there of a King the Dream Harper signing for crew. Um, noted, my people will be in touch. Roscoe, Hayden Coulson. Who? Um, <laughs> he was here and then he was gone. Six games in total, weren't it? Uh, and he's gone and joined Peterborough. Um, so I've, he's a player that perfectly fitted what Paul Cook liked, what McKenna mm. likes, but injuries, unfortunately, has hampered his time at the club. And um, yeah, his last appearance was at the Wickham game. He came off, was he subbed off like the 20th minute or so? Um, as he went down. And yeah, once again, what could have been with Hayden Colson? And of course, when Dominic Thompson signs, you straight away go, yeah, he's going to be leaving. And he, mm. um, he's found a move to, to the championship with Peterborough. Maybe a, be- a better move for him for Middlesbrough's point of view. They'll be thinking, oh, he's going to be playing championship football. Mm. Of course, they'll be fighting relegation. But uh, yeah, just one of those players that will be on a long list of you know, played a few games. That was it. Mm. Uh, and just finally, Hutchie, I suppose, um, just finishing off the list in terms of notable names today. Um, Bailey Clements had a run in the side earlier this season, most unexpected under Paul Cook. Uh, he's gone out on loan to Stevenage, um, which seems to me to be a pretty decent move for him in terms of getting him some football at a decent level. He just needs to play. Whether, whether that leads to him finding a new home, a full-time home elsewhere, I, I think his contract is up in the summer. Mm. Um, from memory, um, who knows? He, but but yeah, he's had that little taste this year. I think actually of those three, the one that interests me the most is Ben Ben Morris because he's 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 gone to Sweden. We've seen Harry Wright and and Aaron Drynan go there before, but Ben Morris is a player I've always really liked the look of. He he's had a horrible time with injuries, two really nasty cruciate um, ligament injuries in his knee. Um, he's a really nice player from from what I've seen of him before, in both in the first team and in, in the under twenty threes. So, um, if he can get some regular football, I like that loan move for him because the season runs over the summer. Hmm. So, I, I think that's why that loan works for him because if it that he he is basically going to get a full season with them before coming back, potentially um, October November time. So. If he's going to, uh, if he's going to do something um, and maybe earn an extended stay at Ipswich, he's going to have a chance to do it over a longer period of time rather than just having kind of three months worth of football going into him. So that one probably of those three interests me interests me the most. I, I hope he can get back playing. If he can replicate, copy what the man Drizzy has done. He'll be a, he'll be a, a happy boy indeed. So so the route from here is you go you do that for, <laughs> you do that for a bit you come back and be incredibly involved in a first team setup. At some point you're the you're the only striker available for Ipswich Town, and then you end up going and getting a good move to League Two. That's the that's the and, path that that maybe you, we're on here then. And you rip it up in League Two. That's the then you get a shirt on your wall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the ultimate honour. That is the path. Right then, boys. So that's what's happened today. Let's look at the window as a whole, shall we? Because um, I've seen some gnashing of teeth um, on ITFC social media today, suggesting it's been a thoroughly underwhelming window and town haven't done enough. Clearly today it's been, has been all been about departures. If we look at the window as a whole, though, in terms of incomings, arrivals, 
Christian Walton signed a permanent deal. McCauley Bond has been extended for the rest of the season. There was some worry that he might get recalled to QPR. They brought Dominic Thompson in to fill that left-sided need. Um, they've got Tariq Backinson um, in midfield, which was kind of unexpected. Um, and also Tyree Simpson obviously come back in a kind of unusual contractual dispute. And obviously, we've, in terms of the other departure we've talked about, um, on top of that, we've got Toto Enciala um, and a bunch of players going out on loan. Louis Bowie's obviously gone back. Uh, Thomas Holy's gone out on loan. Miles Kenlock is also out on loan. Stewie, window as a whole-wise, I think I said, well, I've said several times on the pod, if we'd have said at the start of January that in this window, Ipswich Town will sign Christian Walton, they'll secure Macaulay Bond to at least the rest of the, the end of the season, uh, and they'll they'll add someone to strengthen that left-hand side, which we all knew was a weakness, that would be a pretty good window. So now as we sit here with the window slamming shut, having slammed shut, how do you assess it? And would you like to give it an overall grade as I've just done online? Uh, let me have a little think about the grade. Overall, I think I think you're right. If you'd have painted this picture a few weeks ago, most people would have been pretty happy with that when there was a group. People forget how much uncertainty there was surrounding Bon and Walton. Mm. Um Everyone gets a bit caught up in the excitement of transfer deadline day. And I've seen a fair bit of disappointment on social media today because mm. everyone likes new shiny things, don't they? But I think January is a bad time to do business in general. I bet if you went through not just Ipswich January business, which hasn't been, there's a, been a lot more misses than, than hits over the years. That's probably the same for most clubs because players are available mid-season for a reason they've come back from injuries or they're not getting game time um so i think sometimes clubs do things because they can rather than because they should mm. uh, and you, you've got to do you've got to get players that are going to improve you or at least stand a very good chance of improving you and if you can't get those players then then don't do it hold your nerve and i i, I think people have forgotten very quickly how good a a piece of business signing Christian Walton is, you know, he's, he's, they've signed a, a, a championship level goalkeeper in league one. And just because mm. he's already been in the building for six months, he doesn't feel like a new signing, but he is a signing. They've signed him permanently. Mm. Um, bon, yes, the goals have dried up a little bit recently, but, you know, remind yourself how worried you felt going back a, a month or so about Macaulay Bond potentially going back back to QPR. We wanted them to sign someone down the left side. They've done that in Dominic Thompson. Now, I don't know if he's going to be the answer. Um, we, we shall see on that. Tyreek Backinson, I know he's not got off to the best of starts so far, but you know they, they have brought in someone in midfield. And you go through that list of nine players, first team players who've, who've departed. Beyond Scott Fraser, I don't think there's anyone there that you can make any arguments about. I've just gone through it. How many how many league starts have they made between them? Holy this this season. Holy zero. Toto Enciala ten. Kenlock zero. Bailey Clements four. Nolan zero. Scott Fraser fourteen. Colson six. Louis Barry one. So mm. between those nine players, they haven't had a huge contribution to the first half of this season, have they? So. I can't say, I don't think anyone can say that the squad has been weakened. Has it been improved? 
well, we'll we'll see how Thompson and, and Backenson get on in in the coming weeks, won't we? But um, you know, the, the, I think that we're now at 23, 24 first team players, depending on whether you include Tyree Simpson. That's a, that's a good number to work with for for me. And um, now's not the time to do loads of business. I think I think it's prudent to wait and let Kieran McKenna really put his stamp on this squad in the summer when he's had a little bit longer just to assess things. Mm, okay, how far on the grade? We'll finish this little roundup with us all giving our grades, perhaps. Um, Rossi, how do you reflect now on the window? Now it's shut. Um, do you share any concerns with with fans? Fans always want to sign people, don't they, on, on deadline mm. day? Um, I think if you if Christian Walton out of the blue signed for Ipswich Town on deadline day, we'd all be ecstatic, wouldn't we? Or Macaulay Bond, um, we'd be pretty pleased with that. It's because they've already kind of been here and people that as Stu says they don't they're not new and shiny that people kind of overlook them. But um what do you make of the window as a whole? I'm I'm pretty pleased to be honest because at the end of the day we made 19 signings in the summer. Hmm. So that's when you know if we were wondering if if we didn't went on to sign players in January, you know something's gone massively wrong. Unfortunately the season hasn't gone as well as we're hoping to. But yeah Walton signed permanently Premier League quality goalkeeper McCauley Bond is still here. Um, of course, Backerson and Thompson, Thompson was probably not two players we thought we were going to bring in, but they have. Um, but overall, I think we've done good. I don't think there's any other players we should have brought in um, because at the end of the day, we made 19 signings in the summer. So, mm. but I understand people's concerns. They're feeling there's a bit of an anti-climax going into the deadline day, and you know, a lot of words I'm seeing is a bit bit meh. But I think, as Stu said, we, some of these players, we needed to get rid of some of these players. We'd have, I wouldn't say they're dead wood players, but they are in a way because they weren't playing games. So, mm. yeah, I think it is what it is. And, um, yeah, let McKenna sort of assess the squad, as Stu said, and um, I'm sure he'll be making signings in the summer. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. Everything's going to feel meh, though, isn't it, after the, after the summer now? Um, yeah. Actually, what, one question to ask you in terms of looking at the window as a whole. At the start of January, we kind of all sat here and said, well, central midfield, midfield areas, they don't need to do anything in. They're well stopped there. Um, and that has been where a lot of the, the activity has actually happened. So is there now an issue, would you say, with, with Sam Morsey being banned? Lee Evans obviously injured at the moment. Um, and now three midfielders going out today. Um, with, with depth in that area, is that something that worries you? We know Idris has, has stayed and he will certainly serve as, as a backup in that area. But is that something you're concerned about? Well, I was, I was going to say as we were going around here that there's no area of this team that I look at and think they're they're really light there. Um, midfield and midfield's one of those. That there's, mm. there's five players for for two positions. I honestly couldn't see Scott Fraser fitting into a midfield two of of in a combination of what was there. Mm. So I'm not sure that that's anyone been lost from there. You're talking about him higher up the pitch. Raheem Harper would have been behind all of those players. Um, John Nolan not not a factor at all. Um, I think the Sam Morsi thing clouds it a little bit, doesn't it? Because he is mm. he is missing for the next two games um, against Gillingham and, and Doncaster. But beyond that, once he's back, Lee Evans isn't far away by all accounts. Tom Carroll only missed the game at the weekend because uh, his partner was was giving birth to their child. Um, so no. If I'm honest, there's no area of there's not there isn't an area of the pitch where I where I look at it and think you're a bit light here. And I think the reason why I feel positive about how the window's gone is because a a if we were talking about this on the back of a draw at Sheffield Wednesday rather than a loss, I think 
Pep would probably feel quite different, but it's a it's a squad that's got a manager that's kind of taking it somewhere. It feels at the mm. moment. It, it, it the weekend result aside, it wasn't a squad that we felt needed an injection of something. What 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 did it need? Like McKenna's taking these players on on a sort of a bit of a bit of a journey. They're moving a little bit. Um, they've obviously had a really good run of form during January, which obviously ended on Saturday. But I, I didn't feel like it needed an injection of something. Mm. And, and it... you just got to look at the bench. McKenna's already got a bit of a selection headache. We, we, you know, we talked on previous pods about the ridiculous options that he's got. Clearly, mm-hmm. he's from a man management perspective. He keeps using the term "keep the pot boiling" and wants to make everyone feel like they're involved. If you if you add to that, you're just creating yourself more problems aren't you? Um, and Andy's right. It, I'd, I'd ask people that are disappointed a couple of questions. Where, where do you think this squad is light? Because I go through this squad and you've got you've got adequate cover, I would say, in, in most positions. And then I would say, who, who else would you have had? Go go through the January transfer window. Look, look who League One clubs have signed. I see a lot of, oh, everyone else has strengthened. Name me a couple. Name me a couple of players that have gone to League One clubs that you think should Ipswich should have gone for. I'm struggling mm. to see anyone jumping off the page. If I'm completely honest, just by way of rounding this up, and we'll come to Great in a minute. We've talked about obviously what has actually happened. Were there any um, deals that were kind of in 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 the uh, in the fire, as it were, and um, Tam were working on? Um, Ipswich made an inquiry very late in the day about Morgan Rogers who Ipswich fans might remember from being on loan at Lincoln. Um, He spent the first half of this season at Bournemouth, but has been a bit of an impact sub there. Manchester City recalled him uh, in January with view to getting him out for a bit more game time. Ipswich made an ambitious inquiry just to see whether they could get him down to here, but that there was always going to be a higher level interest. He's been linked to uh, one stage today. It looked like he was going to to Hibernian. Um, Blackpool and Huddersfield have both been sort of heavily linked with him. I think um, nothing has actually happened with him from the the last I've seen, unless it's one that's sneaked through post 11 o'clock. I'm not quite sure what's happened there. And the same applies to Jay Matete, who is someone that Ipswich fans have spoken about all week since Sky Sports reported that Ipswich had had a bid of £650,000 rejected for him. I think a lot of the excitement around the 20-year-old midfielder was the fact that he played so well at Portman Road for Fleetwood earlier in the season. Um, My understanding was that he was going to Sunderland earlier in the day, that Ipswich had... He was a player of interest to Ipswich and has been on their radar for a little while, but it never got to a bid stage. I think McKenna ultimately came to the same conclusion that we did, that, that he had plenty of midfield options there. Um, the money that was being talked about for someone who's due to be out of contract in the summer put Ipswich off, put McKenna off. I think ultimately McKenna's had the final say on these sort of things. So they said, no, we're not pursuing it. Um, and I was expecting him to sign for Sunderland from the conversations I'd had with people earlier in the day. But again, we've hit 11 o'clock and he, he doesn't seem to have gone anywhere. That is still mum. I- mumbling over it's it's 11:47 at the moment and there seems to be a bit of life in the in the world of uh, Sunderland's social media scene so uh, that may well have 
that may well uh, happen in the next the next few minutes. They always find a way, don't they? Jamie Tetti might have been a good signing for Ipswich Town. He's twenty years of age. He's clearly got uh, you know real potential there. But I think it, he would have come in to be sort of the backup to Sam Morsey. Morsey's only going to miss two more games now against the division's bottom two clubs, and he's the captain. He's going to start. So it would have been quite difficult to, I think, persuade Jamie Tete to come and, and probably sit on the bench, you know, going forward. So um, Andy looks like he's going to interject. Has that been announced? No, no it's just bubbling. I'm just, I'm just glad it's bubbling in Sunderland and uh, there's no there's no late stuff going on down here. You yeah. uh, you got a data dashboard there, Hutchie. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. boys, let, let's wrap this up then. The January transfer window is slammed shut for another year. Grade it. I have written something which you can read online now um, in terms of grading the window. I've graded every single move um, and I ended up giving it a B plus, the window for town. I started with an A on the strength of Walton and Bon um, and ended up going B plus just because of the, uh, the midfield departures and maybe slight concerns there about depth in midfield. Hutchie has since put me in my place and assured me that's fine. Um, but I, I've committed it now to print and it's B plus from me. So, Stewie, what, what, what are you saying? Is B plus not positive enough? Um, I'll say B. Oh, the, the Tyree Simpson return mm. doesn't quite sit right with me. A young man who was enjoying his football, 11 goals, and has been recalled because of a contractual issue. It's a shame that it came to that because I think he'll. He's not going to get a huge. He's going to be very much on the fringes with Ipswich still having Norwood, Bond, Piggott, and and Jackson. Um, so that was that was a bit of a shame for me. And I'll, I'll I'm reserving judgment on both Dominic Thompson and Tyreek Backinson. Um, we'll see on those two. You know, is Thompson a major upgrade on on Matt Penny? I don't know. Is Backinson that much better than Raheem Harper? I don't know. So I hope so. And we'll see in the coming weeks, won't we? But um, yeah, a solid B. I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with it. A B, yeah. I mean, Simpson, of all the moves, is the one that really stands out as a waste, isn't it? In terms of what's he going to do now for the rest of the season? He's come from a where he's having a really valuable, successful loan spell. And now he's not really going to play for the rest of the season, which is a real shame. A D minus in my gradings. Rossi, um, what would you give the, the window as a whole? I think I'm gonna follow suit with Stu. I think, yeah, I think B is a a good good grade for this window. Um, you know, thankfully Miles Kenlock is um gone out on loan, so he won't play for us ever again. Thankfully, um, no more Watsits for him. Um, I'm sure he's got Watsits at Colchester scoring on his debut, of course. Um, yeah, I think that's a good good grade overall. Um, very pleased that Walton is our our permanent player, and that's um what our fans just enjoyed this window seeing. A lone player signed permanently, so yeah, B. Okay, Hutch, you make... some of the, so, sorry to interject. Do you think some sorry. of the disappointment is clouded by the fact that Ipswich lost at Sheffield Wednesday? Absolutely, which felt like quite a big win at the yeah, quite a big hmm. setback at the weekend, and people forget that Ipswich have just won four out of their last six games without any of these players that have have just left the building. Um. Yeah, I think that that has played a big part in how people have reacted to today's. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sure it has. Hutchie, how would you, how would you grade the window? 
You're going to make a trio, trio of bees. <laughs> no, Colchester famously uh, famously do pay in Watsits. <laughs> so, so it's um, it's a it's a very useful move. Um, no, I'd go with you actually, Mark. Um, on the on the, the slightly more plus the B plus range, the Walton. The Walton deal is one I, I really, really like. It's set them in that position for the next three years, um, essentially. Uh, they're set in goal. They uh as long as they as long as they progress and allow kind of Christian to progress with them, um, they've they've nailed down a very important position, I think, for a for a significant period of time. And that that's a that's a really um a really valuable addition in my book. Um I would venture into the A section, but I'm, I'm, I too am reserving judgment on the the, uh, the actual new players that we've seen yeah. come in. Um, it's unfair to judge Dominic Thompson on his debut at, at Sheffield Wednesday. I've not been overly in, impressed with Backington so far, but again, um, he's played like without Sam Morsey. I'd like to see what he could do with Sam Morsey. Um, He's played without Lee Evans. He's he's played alongside what Tom Carroll and Idris El Mazzouni so far in his first two games. So I think it's maybe a bit unfair to to judge him as well. So I, I can't I can't allow those two to add too much positive to my rating. But um, but Walton Walton's a deal that I really really like. Major statement as well, isn't it? So so two B pluses and two Bs as a grading for the overall transfer window. And with that, let's move on. The transfer window is closed now until the summer. I would just add before we move on from this that it's always a bit of a risk versus reward decision for how much you inverted commas go for it in January. And you'll always get fans sort of saying, where's the ambition? You know, have we given up on this season already? But Ipswich are eight points off of sixth and they're they're 11 points off fifth. And the Mm. season's not dead. Of course it's not. But what would going for it this month represent what what is your slam dunk signing that's going to you know almost guarantee that you're going to finish sixth I, I don't know if that player or those players existed hmm. so sometimes is it you're not giving up on this season but you're just being a little bit more prudent and pragmatic that maybe maybe the summer's the time to do your better business that's what I would say okay and with that let's move on so as I say two B's and two B pluses what definitely wouldn't get that higher grading would be the result and the performance at Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday. Um, Hutch, I'm going to start with you here. Uh, Toothless. Stewie said it was like a a throwback to the Lambert days. Shotless and pointless at Hillsborough. And what was a a chance to really make a statement in a game like this? Um, Your thoughts, please. Mate, this seems an absolute lifetime ago. (laughs) This this game. Um, Yeah. It, it was a big game. It was one that we didn't think they they could really afford to lose. Um, a draw would have been a mm. good result. Sheffield Wednesday go above them, and, and it, the, the manner of it was frustrating. Of course, it was a, a really really good combative opening opening five minutes where it looked like we were in for a really um, a really good game. Um, sort of melted away after a a pretty sloppy opening goal, and they they didn't look like getting back into it from that from that point on. It's a game we've seen plenty of times before. We've seen it under Paul Lambert. We've seen it under Paul Cook. It's the first time we've um really seen it under under Kieran McKenna. The 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 Bolton game the Bolton game had its moments where it weren't didn't look like scoring necessarily, but this one was a bit of a bit of a different 
a different level to that. So yeah, very disappointing, a bit of a bubble burst, um, I think, because we were all feeling so positive about it. But um, if they weren't playing an almighty game of catch-up due to the poor start to the season, I think we'd be able to quite easily brush this one off and, uh, as, a, as a bad day in the office. But but sadly, the, the handicap they've given themselves means that these bad days at the office mean that that little bit more. And, and that's not that's not McKenna's fault, obviously. Mm. Stu, we've talked numerous times in this podcast about the importance of Wesley James Burns to Ipswich Town. Um, clearly, they missed him when he was out. Uh, and when he's on when he's on form, Town, Town are on an entirely different side. He brings something that, that no one else really does to the side. But if you stop Wesley Burns, if you contain him, do you stop Ipswich Town? I like you calling him Wesley, like you're his mum telling him off. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there was a big part of that at the weekend. He was well shackled. He was, uh, you know, the times that he tried to sort of get the ball out of his feet and, and dart past his man, he was, it, it just didn't happen for him. You take away that threat and Ipswich become that little bit more, um, I was going to say predictable, but I guess what Wes Burns does is predictable, but it's just difficult to stop. But mm. it then became sort of possession without that last bit of, star quality to to unlock the defence and um, Ipswich had 65% of the ball but I think Andy and I both said it didn't feel like a sort of a game where they dominated possession were not not knocking on the door um, they would they would work their way right up to the opposition final third and then it would quite often end up sort of being turned back again but McKenna's right in his, his post-match assessment that, that that goals and the first goal of the game sets the tone of the afternoon um, in motion, really. And, and just as Ipswich kind of took control early on at Gillingham and um, one goal followed another and it was it was dreamland. This time, after after a pretty decent opening five minutes in which I thought Ipswich won most of their duels and, and did well, um, Sheffield Wednesday scored with their first attack. It was a very preventable goal, but once they got that goal in front, it changes the mood of the home crowd. It gives them something to defend. It means that they don't have to go chasing uh, a goal. And um, yeah, Ipswich on on this occasion couldn't couldn't find the answers. Hmm. I don't want to spend ages talking about this game because, as Hutchie says, it feels like a, a lifetime ago now. Clearly. Deadline day is, is all that people will be interested in. But Ross, is there anything you want to add from your, your pitch side position, speaking to fans and stuff after game? Just a bad day at the office, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm going to take my hood down now. That's getting a bit, a bit sweaty. Um, uh, deflating, just deflating. Um, once again, it's the hope that kills you, you know, after the, the Wimbledon result. And um, of course, it's been a great start under McKenna, but um, mm. it was, we just second best. You know, Wednesday, they could have scored more than one. I had a few really good chances. Um, load of possession, but just never looked like scoring. I think we could have been still in Hillsborough now and I don't think we'll be scoring a goal. Um, just a bad day at the office and uh, in a way, brush this game aside, but then also it's now we've gone back to eight points and now we've got to, to move on to Gillingham on the weekend and now hoping other teams slip up again. But um, I'm still trying to get over like Gillingham. They lost 7-2. On the weekend, mad. Mm. Yeah, and they're going to have a, a former Ipswich Town managerial candidate, aren't they, in charge um, when they come to Portman Road this weekend. Neil Harris got the job today, amongst other things happening. We'll talk about that, obviously, later in the week when we look, for, look ahead to Gillingham. But, Hutchie, before we finish Sheffield Wednesday, clearly is one issue that we have to address. The lucky trainers. 
lucky no more. Um, Stu, I'm sure you, I remember you tweeting something after the game about some kind of announcement or... Well, it, people will say that the lucky trainers streak are over, burn them, throw them in the bin, scatter their ashes wherever I've seen various comments. Yeah. I don't know if their lucky streak is officially over because if you remember on the last podcast, I promised everybody that Andy would wear them. His his concern was they're not driving trainers. And I mm. said, don't worry, I'll drive to Hillsborough. I'll take one for the team. <laughs> Andy, Andy has a 15, 20-minute drive to, to my house. He pulled up. I said, get yourself out the get yourself out from behind the wheel. I'm driving. We swapped over. I drove. We stopped about halfway up. To my horror as we exited the vehicle to go and get something to eat, I glanced down. He wasn't wearing them. What? He was not wearing them. I said, what are you doing? Uh, don't worry. I've got I've got them in the boot. <laughs> I said, well, you've, that's it. You've ruined the magic now. They had to be worn from day one, you know, from minute one today. Mm. So he went and got them. He changed them. But um, I, I I worry that that first sort of two hours of the day in which they weren't worn, it's broken. Affected, it. affected their power. Absolutely weakened the spell, Hutchie. Yeah, I I think it's time to hang them up. If I'm honest, I think I think <laughs> I think the runs come to an end. It's time to hang them up. I I posted a particularly poignant. Tweet. I thought it was very moving. Very, very moving. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought it would move people. Mm. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. They've they've done their bit. They've they've got this team under McKenna off to a off to a good start. They couldn't carry them all the way. They're a pair of shoes. <laughs> it does it doesn't work like that. They've done yep. their bit. They've got it going. I think it's some. I'm not I'm not getting rid of them. Like I like them. And what they're not just going to go in the bin. You'll still mm-hmm. see them. They'll come to games. They'll uh they'll be. There'll be a fond reminder of what of a good time, a good time that was had by all. But I think it's I think it's time to let Kieran take this one from here. And um it's up to the team now. The armbands are coming off. Um they've got you, it from here. You've done your bit. Cole Fuller, I know, is still claiming that the, the Marcus Stewart lucky socks are, are intact in terms of their streak. Um so yeah, there we go, boys. Uh transfer deadline day. Discussed. Sheffield Wednesday briefly discussed, trainers discussed and discarded off to the trainer shop in the sky, although you will still see Andy Warren wearing them around Portman Road and other grounds. The only I've thing got left... other trainers as well, mate. Don't worry. Oh, no, absolutely. Got the monster, I I've got the Monsters, Inc. ones to come out at some point. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. Save those for a big game, though, mate. We don't want to waste them for <laughs> gilling them at home. You want them for a big game. <laughs> um, we should also mention, of course, Rossi, before we go today, Ipswich Town Ladies. Um, had a huge win in the FA Cup. You were you were in Newcastle yesterday, um, and they're making some more FA Cup history. Bring us up to speed. Yeah, um, joint record last sixteen um, position, um, getting closer and closer to Wembley. The dream could happen. Um, they got Southampton in the draw, which is a bit anticlimaxing, a little bit. So uh, Southampton, our league. You know, you had the likes of Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United, Man City. We could have got. Um, but then it's winnable, you know. Winnable, we could be winnable to, time. Yeah, quarterfinals. Um, yeah, good crowd at Newcastle. Just under 3,000 there, which is good. The Geordies, because they love their football. Mm. Um, wasn't a great game. 
but a good goal won it for us. But uh, no, good win and uh, record-breaking um, history again for the club. Uh, and yeah, there'll be a Track the Girls Talk podcast, little plug there, uh, later on in the week. So tune in for that. I speculated, Rossi, that um, given it, I think it's on February 27th and Town are away yeah. the Saturday before, I speculated, why not play it at Portman Road, the game? Did not like that. A lot of people came back at me and went, <laughs> shut up. Um, we want it at the Gold Star ground. So, uh, there, I'm, I've been told. Is that is that right? You, the girls just enjoy playing at the Gold Star. They don't want to play at a, a big-ass stadium. I, yeah, I think, once again, I, I think if we... You know, if I was at a gold star, that would be rocking. You know, it'd be good, good crowd there. When it goes to Portman Road, you know, we can maybe get maybe seven, eight thousand there, but it still feels like a, I don't know, for me, it feels like a pre-season training game. But um, mm. at least at the gold star, non-league ground, Felix, they'll love that. Um, and it would just be, it's just, it was just like this week just gone in the Newcastle um, ground. It was rocking there, great atmosphere. So um, come down, play it, play at Felix though. Have a good atmosphere. Um, hopefully, one day they'll play at Portman Road. But when it's a, a big cut tie, you want that that crowd to be that that twelfth man and all that jazz. Mm. Okay, well, I stand corrected. Thanks for filling me in there. But um, keep an eye out. Southampton, isn't it? The next round, a winnable tie, and then who knows? Who knows what could happen from there? They've um, been in Southampton this season, haven't they? Already they have, yeah. They have in the league. Um, unfortunately, they also lost against them in the League Cup. Um, so this is the the trilogy. So. Hopefully, they'll um, get the win and their quarterfinals. You know, women's team or an Ipswich mm. Town team actually winning cup competitions, which is fantastic. I saw Hutch's tweet on Sunday uh, saying a team that can uh, a town team actually win cup games. Um, could we have a, a team in the quarterfinals? Whoa. Keep an eye out for that. Then Tractor Girls Talk coming to you on the KOA channel later this week, boys. It's just ticking past midnight now. We are officially into into Tuesday morning. Um, how have you found as we? head off to bed I'm sure how have you found this transfer deadline day Stewie it's a it's a it's a tough old day isn't it you're you're very busy boys on days like this well you you say it's tough it's not it's not going down the mines is it oh here we go yeah let's be honest I was trying to to praise you right it's piss easy it was a joke what you do for a living (laughs) uh they're they're long days but they're, they're good fun as well and it's nice that uh We've had some stuff to actually talk about for once. Excellent. Hutchie, this is your time to shine days like this. You've been like a, a whirling dervish today. Um, are you looking forward to having a little lie down? you going to go and watch some American football? Uh, yeah, I am actually. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm going to go and watch uh, a little bit of what I didn't manage to get through of one of the games from last night. I do know the result though, um, but I will still watch it. Yeah, need to stretch my fingers out a little bit. Tough. Tough on the old fingers, but like Stu says, it's not like going. It's, it's not. It isn't going down the mines. Just like going to the supermarket wearing wearing a mask isn't like going down the mines either. But I find myself coming out of the shop and kind of ripping it off the yeah. second you exit the shop, gasping like for air. Like you've just finished a twelve-hour surgery. Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't. I've just been in there for twenty minutes to get some bread, some crumpets, and some appetizer. Mm, um, but but that's just the way it is. It's a I it's think, a funny old I think job. I might go and. Uh stretch my fingers in a minute as well we've all deserved that <laughs> sounds like a euphemism to me uh anyway um climax to be fair <laughs> oh, it always has to take it that one step too far all right um let's call into it here then shall we uh <laughs> ten, 10 minutes past midnight we're talking about stretching fingers out i think it's enough 
We'll, we'll take our leave. Um, Ipswich Town's transfer deadline business is done for January. We've talked all about it. We've also talked about the defeat to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, Hutchie's lucky train is coming to an end and the, the brilliant success of the Tractor Girls. Looking forward to the next FA Cup game against Southampton. Um, I hope you enjoyed the pod. Please support our sponsors, Manscaped. Use the code KOA. Um, at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery and also follow us across all our social medias at Kings of Anglia on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. We're all off for a lie down to stretch our fingers. Have a great start to the week and we'll see you again later on this week. From true crime to football, Brexit to Oakville, for more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.